Podcast. Un podcast para ti. Y para mí. Tamarindo Podcast is your host. Luis Octavio. And Brenda Gonzalez. And we are your socially conscious talk show with a Latino vibe. We are amigos talking politics, food, music, and life. Welcome! All right, welcome back. This is uh, Tamarindo Podcast episode six. Welcome. We're really excited for this episode. We're going to have a special guest today. It's uh, Denise Soler Cox from Proyecto Eñe, Project Eñe. Um, And that's what we're having today. But before we get started, Luis, ¿qué pasa? What's new with you? Well, ¿qué está pasando? I mean, so much, obviamente. But I, you know, this past week... I actually went and got myself a new car. Woo! So, new ride. Beep, <laughs> beep. Yeah, matraca for nice. that. Yes. Now, was that that really fancy BMW that we saw on uh, on I your uh, social media? I wish. I'll post that up because I've been getting a lot of feedback from that. People are like, this is freaking hilarious. It's hilarious. I just wanted to do it because I thought it was kind of, you know, those James Bond movies where the girl comes out in her, her Louis Vuittons out of this fancy car. <laughs> yeah, yes. And I was wearing chanclas when my brother brought this $200,000 car. So I thought... Why not? Because your brother works at BMW uh, or no, something brother, related yeah, to BMW. Something related to that, but not BMW. So tell us about your new ride. What kind of car is it? Uh, you know, it's a nice little car, mm-hmm. I guess. I just like <laughs> to leave it at that. Okay, <laughs> all right. But I got a car, so that's awesome. So yeah, I'm very And you blessed. already had one, but this is I an already upgrade. had one, yeah, but this this is definitely an upgrade. So Great, I'm, I'm congratulations. Yeah, yes, yes. Bravo. What about with you? What's going on with you? Oh my gosh. Well, uh, producer Jeff and I are very busy. We yes. are so excited. So we live in downtown LA, as we've mentioned several times on the show, but we lived in a, a loft with like literally no direct light. Uh-huh. And we are moving into a unit 20 feet away in which we'll have windows facing the street. And so we'll have light. We'll have light. Nice. Yes. And, and our, then there was light. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then my little dog, my little dog, Frida, she's so stoked because she's like, she literally is depressed. Like she just sleeps all day. <laughs> but whenever she hangs out with other dogs or when she's in a house with windows where there's light, she's a totally different dog. So I'm really excited to give her the blessings of, of light. That's awesome. You know, I, I've been to your guys' place place a couple times and i just i never really thought about you guys not having windows because you guys have it so cool in there mm-hmm. that i never really noticed and we do have windows but they look directly into our neighbor's apartment well that might <laughs> even be better who's your neighbor <laughs> well okay well we got a lot to cover we have yes. a really great conversation with denise so why don't we uh, get started with that yes Okay. Oh my gosh. We're super excited, everybody. So you are listening to the recording. If you're listening to the Tamarindo podcast, this is the recording. But if you are tuning in right now in the flesh, you're watching Project Enye on your Facebook. So Luis, who's here with us today? I would like to introduce Denise Soler Cox with us from Enye. Thanks, you guys. I'm really happy to be here. Where are you coming from? Um, well, so I live in Denver, Colorado, Denver, Colorado with my family, but I am a native New Yorker and you know what they say, you can take the girl out of New York, but you can't take the New York out of the girl. So ah. I always say like, whenever anyone says where you're from, like, it's always a confusing question, especially in Denver. Cause I always say I'm a New Yorker, you know, they're like, wait, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thank yeah. you so much for stopping here at the Tamarindo podcast. Sure. I know that Luis, my, my co-host got had a uh, opportunity to spend some great time with you. Yes. So what were some of the highlights of your conversation earlier? I just, you know, 
after driving away from that awesome lunch, which I loved that you just like we all like no one wanted to we leave. Just let go. We just, like, no, you guys closed the restaurant talking. down, right? We yeah, did. they told us a few times, like, by the way, the restaurant will be closing in 45 minutes. And then they came back 15 minutes later and told us the same thing again. And I just like um, there's something about like the quality of the conversation when it comes to talking about things having to do with Enya and it brings up a lot of stuff and it's like totally not controversial right but right. it is deep and it is um, and then some of the things that we talk about I guess we could call them controversial but I just like the the ideas that we explore and the openness to listen to each other and points of view and just things that I feel like I've never really had a chance to go deep with a lot of these things with right. many people. Um, it's a very refreshing and uh, fulfilling conversation. So I love that you bring this up because you're absolutely right. We had a great conversation and uh, I think that it was so great because we felt, at least for me, I felt like I was in a safe space. Mm. Like I can speak my mind, not be judged, and on the on the on the uh, contrary, yeah. I'd be understood, right? Because so, you were with Enyes. Because well, I was with Enyes. But mm-hmm. can you explain what Enya is and what you're doing with this project? Sure. So, um, so the project was actually an idea that I had one night when I was 26 years old, which incidentally was 20 years ago. What? And, uh, yeah, believe I know, it or not. No, I couldn't believe this. No. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, what <laughs> the hell? So I, I had this idea when I was out with a bunch of friends in Miami. I moved to Denver from Miami. And I had this experience of connection, of deep Deep connection. I had the same quality of conversation that we had at brunch. Yes. Um, except for we, it was at night and it was in Miami and there was a lot of drinking and it was like, a, you know, it went late into the night. And um, and it, there's only been a few times in my life where I felt this connection that I, I felt like something really special was happening. And, um, and it was after... An, I was after like an analyzing, like what is different about tonight? What is so special? Like why are why am I feeling so deeply connected to these people? And I just realized that we all had this Enya experience in common. We all knew what it was like to come from a house. Like what you said, like practically right when we started, like in my house, it was like the Spanish culture, like the Mexican culture, the language, the food, the dance, the right. music, everything. And then outside was something else. And so for me growing up, people would say, you're not Puerto Rican. You weren't born there. You're American. And aside from that already being a tricky question, because that is Because Puerto Rico's even different if, too. Right. Even yeah, if Puerto I was born Rico's in Puerto different. Rico, I would still be American, yes, but I yes, know what yes. they mean. They, I know like they were just trying to kind of snatch my identity, or at least that that's how it felt. I, I wish I, as my the kid version of me, could have just said, "Come to my house and you tell me that that's not Puerto Rico," you know, because it smelled and tasted and sounded like yeah. like it like that was. The I mean, way. It's delicious. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> right, and so. Um, and so anyway, uh, what was the question I kind of got? Oh, so like, basically yeah. people that can identify with that. And then also another thing that you said right away that I, I feel like <laughs> we had so many awesome um, conversations we went deep with. And then a bunch that we, I was like, oh my God, I wanted to say this when they said that. And I wanted to talk about this. There's just so much to talk about. But when you said ni de aquí o de allá, that's actually what I say. Um, I, I have like a speech that I deliver and I say that I dedicate it to everybody that ever felt ni de aquí o de allá. Because there's not really much else I need to say. 
uh, because you kind of know if that's you or not. And so anyway, 20 years ago, I had this idea and I decided I want everyone to feel like this and I wanna, I'm going to make a movie about it and I'm going to heal a generation of people that don't feel that feel connected, but not enough on either side. And then it just took me 17 years to get the courage to actually do something about it. That's great. It. And I, I, I really identified with Enya. I was familiar with it. I had heard and, and see, uh, saw it. I think I, I really, it really resonated with me um, because I think a lot of us can have can share that same experience with our cultures. But, but I think I've had the opportunity to be part of, a, of um, very many, many, many national uh, gatherings of Latinos from all over the country. Mm-hmm. And it really brought in my view because coming from Southern California, like it or not, when our, if, if you're Puerto Rican, you're Mexican when you're in Southern California. So I think... Bienvenida. I, yeah. So I think when you get exposed to other Latinos, I think the eñe, the essence, is that thing that we all share, no matter uh-huh. what country of origin we come from. And mm-hmm. I've been really fortunate to talk to others from different different countries. Um, and I, I really think it's a very powerful message to all be under that umbrella of eñe. Yes, I say... It's the great unifier. And that's what I I shared about that today. Like, I know that there's so many ways in which we're divided as a community. And a lot of it has to do with just plain old different countries. We have different food. We have different music. There's a different rhythm. There's a different cadence, the way we speak, all those things. But the common experience of of figuring out how American am I going to be, how much culture from my parents am I going to take, and how that's all reconciled and how I feel about it all that is what unifies us because mm-hmm. all of us are negotiating that and the and the fact that we are makes us have this common experience. Absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the things also that you brought up during our conversation was, you know, how how important is it to let people know that this enye uh-huh. experience exists and that you're not the only one, mm-hmm. right? Because sometimes what one of the things that you mentioned during our brunch was sometimes you just feel like you're the only one mm-hmm. when in reality you're not right. Yes. I think somebody, you, you mentioned something about somebody telling you that, do, do you ever worry about running out of stories? What do you right. say to that? Well, first I laugh my ass off. Sorry, I'm going to have to bleep that because I'm like, it never is a Latino FYI. It's never a Latino. Cause they, they know like how, how is it possible? There's like, I don't know how many Spanish speaking countries. And then there's so many layers to go deep on and not to mention everyone has such their own individual experience. So like, um, but I always say, um, absolutely not. Like, it's just too varied of an experience. And there's, um, if anything, it's funny, I get a lot of people that tell me, are you going to, um, and this is something else that I wish I'd brought up is like, you know, you haven't really touched on all of like, just there's all the different slices of the Latino experience. And a lot of people say, you really didn't touch on this. Like, do you think that it's important? Of course, I think it's important. I made it, I had, you know, like, that's the reason why um, the advantage of digital media. So we have the film, right, which was a very big kind of uh, thing to endeavor to do. And it really, it's only 38 minutes. And people are like, it's only 38 minutes. And then when they see it, Henry actually, so my partner, Henry, he's made a ton of movies. And he says, I've never made a movie where anyone ever told me that it was too short, mm. you know? And <laughs> so what like, a compliment, right? Like, yeah. we want more. Que almost más. <laughs> right. And so what's great is that we can, we can tell more stories online and we can tell them. And I mean, so far I've interviewed 80 something people wow. and oh about 15 made it in the, in the movie. Uh, and we have about 15 in online. And where can people, people catch some of these little mini sure. stories? So the mini, the, we call them microdocs, and mm-hmm. those are on our website at projectenye.com. And Enye 
is the letter, the N with a tilde. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you cannot buy an Enya on GoDaddy, or at least when I was buying mm. uh, Enya's, uh, when I was you know, buying the URL. So um, so we are E-N-Y-E, Project E-N-Y-E, mm-hmm. not like the singer with the A, but with an E. Yeah, got it, yeah. <laughs> and just, just for our, our people that are listening to... <laughs> For the people that are listening uh, to the podcast, this is a, you're obviously listening to something after the fact. Right. But yeah. right now, um, Denise is also going live on Facebook. So she's got some folks that are chiming in. And I just want to take a quick second to pause. Are there any questions from the folks we live ju- right now? Unfortunately, the biggest question is my from my husband, which is, I can't find you. Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, let's talk about your husband. California. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully like, he'll get on. So okay. anyway, yeah. Let's talk about your husband. So yes. your husband is not an enye. No, he's not even Latino. And uh-huh. I actually, so I'm a contributor for the HuffPost. And um, and be, even before, uh, so I wrote about this. I, I wrote an article called I Married a Gringo. Mm-hmm. And um, it re- it's really interesting. It has come up a lot in my interviews, especially with, uh, well, all the women that I've interviewed. Mm-hmm. So let's just say half, right? go again. <laughs> um, that oftentimes they married gringos. Mm-hmm. And um, and so like there's this common experience that we have. So is that, gringos. okay, and this is like, a f- this is happening right here. So <laughs> exhibit A right here. So, <laughs> so, um, uh, so anyway, I call him my gringo cowboy because he's from Oklahoma. And ah. like on paper, we don't really have a lot in common, I would say. Like, if, if you were to say, like, gosh, how can a girl from the Bronx, uh, a Puerto Rican girl from the Bronx, like me, um, be interested in someone from the middle of the country? I mean, it's just, like, it doesn't seem like How did your paths actually cross? Like, Our, literally. They, path, they crossed online. So that's, ah, I'm like, they that's the great unifier. <laughs> yes, there you mm-hmm. go. So, I mean, like, and so we met each other on Match.com and... Um, and I really, I fell in love with his, with who he is, like the man that he is, mm-hmm. right? And like his soul and his values and that stuff doesn't, it doesn't matter where you're from. That stuff is just like who we get, you know, like I could get really philosophical, but he is my perfect match. Oh, so um, sweet. Can we do a yeah. matraca for know, perfect, matraca. perfect match? <laughs> matraca for the gringo cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... What is the name of this, you know, documentary that that you, you're putting together? Um, can you tell us a little bit about the experience of putting that, and also your tour? Because you you told us during brunch that you're touring with this, right? Mm-hmm. So. Where can people potentially watch this? Sure. So the name of it is um, Being Enya because it, it's really a, what it's the film is uh, and. The film is about my life. I'm the primary character, and then there's um, two secondary characters. One of the secondary characters is a really well-known uh, actor named Louis Guzman. So yes. a lot of people know who he is from Code Black, from Carlitos oh, he's Way. The, he's yeah. basically that guy. He's right? that guy. He's that guy he's, in all the movies. Yep, and <laughs> everybody loves him. Like, And he's like such a wonderful person, and I got a chance to interview him three times, and we really got deep on this, and so he really... Wax is very philosophical in the film, and uh, we get a chance to really get to know who he is. That's like not the silly Louis, but the deep Louis, and so it's kind of cool. And then um, the process of making the film was, I would say, like it's been such a roller coaster. Um, I would say that um, there's, you know, I really went for it. Like four years ago, I pitched this idea to my producing partner Henry. It took two years um, to kind of like 
do, you know, kind of figure out what we were doing and um, change my entire life. I mean, it was like, this has been a four-year journey. And then for the last um, two years, like there was about a year of development and then a year of producing content and being on the road and making a bunch of stuff and editing it and getting it all together. And um, at times, so first of all, I did not uh, pitch a movie about me. Like I didn't say, oh, I'd like to tell a story about 16 million Latinos in the United States and use me as the primary person. You know, Mm -hmm. that is actually the farthest thing from what I wanted. Um, and it was really at his urging and it took him, you know, he originally said, well, this would be great if it were around like a primary character. And he's, and he, and so I always say it take, it took him like a year to convince me. Um, and so he's like, I know this isn't going to really be about you, but let's just get you in the interview chair. Let me just like interview you. So we have all these interviews that we did over time. Um, and, and, you know, it's like what we were saying over brunch, like a lot of um, I really crossed the line of, of appropriateness in um, like what I think it's what is OK to share um, about even about my own life, you know. And so um, it's like a scary movie to it's it was a it was at times very painful to make the film. It was very difficult to put it together and edit it and figure out so how personal. to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you really, I mean, when someone sees this movie, they're gonna know um, they're gonna know who I am and they're gonna know my story and um, and that is at times kind of a relief and at times incredibly scary. Yeah, they're so vulnerable and out mm-hmm. in the open, but how powerful. Right. And that's so the feedback that we've gotten so far um, has been really positive. And so my hope is that it continues to be that way. <laughs> Although I know that there will there'll always be people out there that'll just take any reason to, um, you know, to be negative. But um, I mean, the what I the way I see it is I felt like if I can share my personal story and if it gives someone the sense that they can share theirs and if it gives them permission or provides that safe space for them to step into something and share something that they've never shared before, then it will have been worth it. But uh, there's nothing about putting my entire life on a screen that doesn't scare the pants off of me uh, for a broad audience to see. And like, here's a funny thing is when we were done and when we had like the first round of people seeing it, um, I was like, I had this thought like, oh my gosh, like this isn't just the making of, like I'd been working on the making of for years, you know, and like now people are going to see it and I changed my mind. I don't want people to see this. I don't want that anymore, actually. Like, Ah. let's do this again. And um, so I go through all these um, kind of phases of like being okay with it and not being okay with it. And ultimately I am definitely better for it. And, um, and never, you know, like when they say, oh, go for it, like go for your big dreams, like um, the net will be there and, um, you know, live the life that you imagine and all that stuff. And like, I am there. I exist there. Wow. And it's very, very treacherous. And wow. that's something that I think I'd never anticipated. I thought I'd feel all sorts of freedom and, and, and euphoria. And, um, and at times it is that way. Um, and then at times it is the most challenging thing I've ever experienced because I don't feel uh, ready sometimes for all that is required to um, for me to be. And you know, um, I don't um. I don't feel prepared sometimes to be um, what I what I feel like and the person that I need to be to show up. And like you know, when you represent mm-hmm. something like this and. Um, it basically, well, it sounds, since it's your story, it's your project, I mean, and you're, you know, right now, 
it's 100% of the time, right? 24-7. Yes. Yep. So yeah, that is, even though it's your dream and your vision, I'm sure once you're in it, whoa, that's really... Oh, must yeah. be very um, overwhelming. And mm-hmm. you know what? I, I actually like to say that, you know, thank you for having that courage because Thanks. not everybody has that courage. And I think that, again, going back to our brunch, I mean, somebody needs to have that courage mm-hmm. to be able to share their experiences. Um, and so for others to know that, yeah, you're not alone, you know, I mean, just from four of us talking over brunch, uh-huh. you know, I learned so much uh-huh. and I learned that, wow. Um, Betsy uh-huh. lives literally down the street from and me. Betsy was someone that stopped by yes. to, earlier today, the brunch, just to, to remind some of the folks that are tuning in, if you saw on our Facebook and all their social media, there was a brunch that, so Enye, whenever yes. Enye is in town, they <laughs> like to host a happy hour or a meetup. Mm-hmm. Um, and it happened to be during a, uh, at a place that had an all you can eat brunch. So that's why we keep referencing this brunch. Yes. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I'm sure many of you are regretting that you missed it. And it was so awesome. keep an eye out mm-hmm. for those. If next time that Enye is in your town, make, Make sure you take some time to go out to to that happy hour, social yeah, hour. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think that, yeah, it's really important. And, and what I was saying is, you know, even though Betsy and I live close by, but mm-hmm. our experiences are completely different, but I still can understand what she's talking about. Uh-huh. And and your story, too, like different, you know, time periods. and But still, it's yeah. so amazing how these stories are very similar. Right. And we there's so much empathy. Yeah. So much and so much understanding. Um, it's 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 nothing that I've ever experienced before. Except for that one night in Miami twenty years ago. You know when you and the fact that I get to like light bulb went and you thought about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like that what's crazy is is like then we made all the stuff and then here I get to be in that moment and create that moment over and over and over again and then share that moment with other people. It's it's unforgettable. I have a question about um, because I think mm, the experience of being uh, ni de aquí ni de allá Uh is also experienced by a lot of non-Latinos. So there's a lot of other immigrants. Uh, Have you heard from other immigrants that have also identified with the story and and the message? Yes, I get so I hear that actually a lot. And um, it's kind of like it's it feels the same as. um, I'm sure like people telling Henry the movie should be longer, you know, Mm -hmm. I I literally heard it yesterday from Uh someone that said, why don't, this is everyone's story. Why don't you do this story for the Italians and the Irish and the Germans? And I, and I just, I always say like, this one is mine to do, you know, like anyone could do any of those others. And like, when we get this right, when we get this down, I think we could figure out a model that could work where we could share other other people's and go as deep. I don't know if I could lead those things, but I think we could find some interesting people that could. And I think that on another kind of level of answering that question, I think that a lot of people, I just um, their humanity identifies with this, right? And so they don't want to be left out of the conversation, which is the funniest thing because the entire thing was born by me feeling left out mm. of the conversation. <laughs> yeah. And so I always think, oh my gosh, like you feel left out of this? Like, this is so, I, like, I, it's so meta, you know? Yeah, and yeah. like, mm-hmm. um, so, um, so yeah, those are my two answers to that question. Yeah, well, I mean, there's all of that. And I think right now, I mean, Latinos, there's so many of us. We just, we like it or not, especially in a place like California, like we are the majority. This is, this is important to share this story because of the sheer number of us. It, and I think it's important Sorry. to find something. Oh, don't worry. Um, I think it's important for us to be unified under this story because our experiences are so diverse, but there is something that connects us and it's the enye. Yeah. 
uh, and I and in a time like this, and I think we all know what I mean by a time like this, it's important for us for us to be unified and connected yep. and find those commonalities because um, people are afraid and terrified of losing losing a power that they perceive that they have mm-hmm. because there's so many of us. And so I think this in a positive way, I think this is a great way for us to get connected. And here's what's exciting about that is I think that that fear literally is a lack of education because uh, I don't know why the very logical this is a land of immigrants conversation seems to get lost uh, with the majority. I don't know why, but it, it does seem to be Like that logic is like not landing and I feel like it's not reinforced enough and um, in school and we are doing um, work right now in that area. So a lot of bilingual educators have reached out to us and they're using our videos online to teach the children in their ELL and ESL classes. And that's English language learners for ELL. Um, And uh, I think that's the beauty of of the project is that it's accessible. It's online. It's free. Mm -hmm. And so I think we're able to, as a project, we're going to be contributing to the conversation in a formal way because we're designing lesson plans for that community oh, cool. so that people can use our videos and they can understand, like, why did we make the choices that we made when we told the story? Because, I mean, another really cool thing about doing this work and especially having a chance to tell each individual story is that um, I we get to decide how we tell it. And so like there's one of my favorite episodes is Johnny Ortiz and he was in season one of American Crime and uh, he kept saying something about dreaming and um, he just, I loved the way that he articulated himself and he had this crazy life and like um, ended up in jail and like he prayed every night like if I can if I can um, just have one more chance God just give me one more chance I'll make a good life for myself right and then like he gets that chance so Denise where are you with the project now and how can uh, other Enyans out there and uh, you said Frenyans Yes, Frenyans. Frenyans must be delicious. Frenyans. So it's Frenyans, F R apostrophe Enya. And so Henry's like, we call him the original Frenyans. And so, because people are like, what am I? I want to be an Enya. Henry's not Latino. He looks Latino to me. No, he isn't. He's a Frenyans, though. So he's still included. And we actually made a logo for Frenyans. We're like, no, you're included. We'll even make a logo for you. So it's the F with the tilde. I do love the logo, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Thank you. So um, anyway, uh, you guys remind I, I have to, a little gift for both of you. I forgot to bring it in from oh. outside, so I remind okay. me to do that. Um, I'm gonna shut this off because this is distracting for me. So um, <laughs> what was I gonna say? So you can get your title about a name. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm like, okay, so, now I have to think of. Oh yeah, how can they find out? So can the friends um, and Enya's get involved. Well, so the best thing to do is to go to our website, which we're actually in a, in a heavy redesign right now. We're going to be relaunching a really beautiful website that includes all of our media um, and the film. And so they can go there. They can sign up for more information. They can follow us um, on social media. We're on every single platform. So just Project E-N-Y-E. And um, and watch out for updates. And so there's also a really exclusive uh, Enya group, and we also uh, and friends are included and invited. You just have to knock on the door, and we'll let you in. And uh, and the only thing that I ask is that um, people are engaged and that they share about themselves, and that that it's yeah, so a friend. This group is it like a Facebook group? Or it's like a Facebook a, okay, group. Got yeah. It. Okay. And so we really like to monitor it for like rich conversation. So mm. it's not a place to go and like put a link of the la- your latest thing and then leave. 
leave, you know, Um, like, mm -hmm. uh, it's not like about self-promotion. It's about contribution and like being in the conversation. And are you any, are you on any sort of, uh, fundraising campaign? You're not, uh, no, we actually, so we're a nonprofit. And so any amount of money we were happy to receive at any time. Um, and we are not, uh, in it currently in a, in a fundraising thing, but we actually are offering the film as a fundraising mechanism. And so oftentimes people will take, uh, advantage of screening a film at their event fundraiser and then um, and then kind of offer that as content for the event. And so mm. the film and myself are available for that. Because oh, very cool. We also offer something called the Enya Experience. And the Enya Experience is actually an interactive live event that includes the film. So the film is 38 minutes and then I do a keynote uh, address within mm. the film. So we start the film, we stop the film, we start, Very we stop. Cool. And it ends up being like a really um, interesting kind of director's cut version. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have said, wow, like, I don't, I don't know if I would have just seen the film if I would really, really get this on the level that I got it because I fill in a lot of blanks in the live presentation. And, and the film is awesome by itself. Oh. And so we are going on a tour and we'll be in Philly next Friday night. We'll be at the DNC. So back in Philly in July, we have people in Nashville that are bringing us there to screen. We're going to Austin. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, the Austin Hispanic Chamber is bringing us. Um, we also have interest uh, back in New York in July and um, in Iowa, if you can believe that. There we'll are, be there there are Latinos there. Yeah. <laughs> there, there are Enyas there. Yeah. Uh, um, and so for this, this uh, what you described, what's the perfect audience? For that? Is like a college or um, yeah, who typically yeah. gets that service? The Enya experience. Yeah. So the Enya experience is perfect for a collegiate audience, for a high school audience, and for a corporate audience. A lot of corporations, they need multicultural, uh, you know, they call it sensitivity training. Um, we all know that they need that. My, job, yeah. my workplace <laughs> needs that immediately. <laughs> This is a really fun way to check that box off and like not have to be feel like you're um, learning how to be PC, mm-hmm. you know, because that's not what it's about. It's we actually authentic. Create, it's a an authentic experience. We create a safe space. You cannot imagine the uh, con- the candid questions that people will ask me after they see the material, um, and they'll sort of fess up. I had a really good friend of mine say, "So it's not okay for me to say anchor baby." Uh, no. And I was like, no, oh my God, it's not no. okay. I'm glad and they asked, but no. Yeah, but I mean, like, <laughs> normally she's like, I, I've been using that word. I had no idea that that was not okay. And what? so, you know, Chancla. like, Chancla. to whoever asks. Right. And what's cool is that they feel like they can and they can, they, they feel safe to ask. And then they're like, and then they're, attitude and they feel um, more confident in conversations with us. And that's what you want. So mm-hmm. that's great. I, I love that. Um, so just to wrap up our interview, it's been wonderful to talk to you so much. I know that you all can close restaurants down. So I know yes, there's a lot can. of conversation. <laughs> so if you want to keep the, in the conversation, you, you shared a number of ways to stay connected. We'll put this all in our show notes. But to wrap up, we have a couple questions for you that we ask all of our guests. Yes. Oh, gosh. So the first question is, if you had a telenovela name um, or a telenovela named after you, what would that name be? Well, let me tell you, I've given this a lot of thought over the past few years. Okay. And for sure, it would be Enya Salvaje. Oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> it's like, Enya Salvaje. Yes, I love it. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> That's awesome. I really love that one. And 
And another question that we ask all of our guests, because Latinos, you know what? We have the best snacks. Yes. So no, what no, is no, your no. absolute favorite snack? Um, in what category? Any category. Any. Whatever okay. your favorite any. thing is. You're, um, you're like comfort sweet food. Well, so I love tostones, and mm. that was like the snack, and that's still a snack that my mom will just cook up at any time. It's a really good savory snack. That's good, you too. You know, with some adobo, old school. Ooh, nice. so, Very cool. Yeah. Okay, that's great. So we also have a segment in uh, Tamarindo Podcast called La Chancla, mm-hmm. where we throw a chanclazo to someone, an idea, a thing. And what are Puerto Ricans called chanclas, by the way? Same, no, chanclas. Chanclas? Mm-hmm. Yes! Yeah. Perfect. So who's your chanclazo going to? And as you can see, there's a chancla right Yeah, next right. To if it you. makes you feel better, you can like okay. throw it. You can it. actually <laughs> throw it. <laughs> so if I were like really honest, I might get in trouble. So... Um, I don't know. God, I'm so, so many I'm people so can PC. get the chancla. <laughs> so many people, so many. Okay, things. it could be. Oh, you know, you know what? We also throw chanclas at concepts. Uh-huh. So somebody threw the chancla at xenophobia. Mm-hmm. You know things like that. Um, I'll show. I'll throw the chancla. Um, one thing that we've um, so there's like a big idea out there where people are like, God, there's so much money for like sensitivity and like multicultural stuff. You know, you guys would just be like, like it would just be so awesome, and there's just so much opportunity there. But when we like actually knock on those doors, we're like, yeah, you know, our budget for Latino things, mm-hmm. they're just like, we only get this many thousands of dollars for like, oh, yes, you know, the 10,000 people that work at our company. And I'm like, wow, that's interesting. Like, it really seems like your company cares yes. about that, you know? And um, so I, I think I throw the chancla at like the unfortunate um, situation that we're in where it seems as though people care about wanting to know from our point of view and to learn about who we really are and to be sensitive in the workplace. And, um, unfortunately, uh, when it comes down to it, um, I don't, I, I, I'd like for those people to put their money where their mouth exactly. is. Exactly. Yes. Yes. to the habladores. Yes. And no action. Yes. No word much. and no action. I totally agree. And what is another word for that? Uh, what do you guys use? Uh, hablador. Fanfarron. Oh. And what about a come mierda? Come, come mierda. mierda. That sounds good too, man. Yeah. Yes. Chanclazo. Chanclazo. Well, thank, thank you so much, Denise. This was amazing. Well, we are so happy that you came on the show. Please come anytime. Gracias. Yes. That you're Thanks in Los so Angeles, much. come visit us. Of course. Yes. And we definitely, and we'll be back. And I definitely want to hang out with you guys again. Very for cool. Sure. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. Sure. Woo! Woo! Wow. Great conversation with Denise. Dude, that project was, is really, really cool. Like, the moment I heard it, Proyecto Eñe, like I could immediately identify it. And the first word that came to mind was Ñoño. Ñoño. <laughs> that was the first word. And I, God, I keep on saying that I want to start losing weight and I will. Oh, I no will not be a Ñoño. You are not. No, no, Ñoño. <laughs> uh, I have my moño on. You do? You yeah, have your moño cosas con Eñe. I know. That's great. We should, maybe we should do that. <laughs> A ver, palabras con ñe. What no, else? What else? Uh, mañana. Cabaña. Niño. Niña. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it's time to wrap it up with our chanclazo. Who's going to get your chancla today? Okay. So my chanclazo is going to go to all those advertisers that are targeting the Latino community and they feel that they might speak like this when they are talking to the Latino community. I've been listening to Pandora and all of the commercials... Ford, 
those X, they all sound like this when they are speaking to the Latino community. You don't think they're trying to be like familial? I, no, <laughs> I don't. I don't. If you're talking to me in English, you don't have to speak to me with an accent. Oh, there's so much problem, so many problems with advertisements. So my chanclazo goes to them. The people that speak don't to get me, it. Normal. I can understand. <laughs> oh my gosh, so funny. Well, okay. We, uh, we want to be a political podcast sometimes, yes. and I have to throw my chancla at Trump this week oh my because, um, oh my gosh, as many of you probably already heard, this guy says that so, uh, a person of Mexican descent is, cannot be the judge because he's building a wall. I, it's so it's infuriating. Stupido. It's so I, I I'm really curious because I there are I've been listening to a couple other podcasts uh, lately and I did discover a formal friend from high school who's Latino who I went on a couple dates with is a Latino for Trump. Earmuffs, I immediately yeah. deleted him by the way <laughs> uh, because I saw him I saw him check in at a um, Trump rally here in Orange County and I was like literally I was like are you there to pr- protest, protest to be to be like ironic don't tell me he was or are you there, there to, to support? support and he said support. And I didn't even respond to him. I was I went to go click delete immediately. But I actually saw someone comment, as should you, because anybody that does that disagrees with Trump should be automatically kicked out of the country. Some guy oh responded. I am so proud of myself, listeners, because I contained and I did not engage. <laughs> you didn't engage in a I massive. Just deleted. <laughs> I just massive deleted. Argument. But I'm curious. Now I wish I had not deleted that friend because I'm literally. I would like to ask you: Really, still believe Trump is your guy when? And he would not even allow you to be a judge. First of all, you can't be a judge because you're too dumb to even go to college. But can you yeah, be a judge? That's crazy. Um, yes. No. So anyways. Chanclazo. Chanclazo to Trump. Before, he's just completely out of line this time. It's just infuriating. And any, any Latino conservative, any Latino that is still a fan of Trump, what? is wrong with you. Take your medication. You are insane. So anyways, on that note, uh, this was a, a, I I hope you all enjoyed. Uh, We want to make a special announcement that this, this month, it's a possibility. I guess you'll find out shortly. We we have a lot of content. You might hear from us more than twice yes. a month. We have a lot of great um, conversations coming up. So uh, remind everybody where they can find us, Luis. Yes, you guys can find us on our uh, social media platforms, Facebook, Tamarindo Podcast, uh, Instagram, Tamarindo Podcast, and Twitter. And Twitter, we're Tamarindo Cast. Sometimes we get tagged incorrectly because it's Tamarindo Cast. <laughs> so yeah, check us, check us all out, please. The other thing too, will you please join the eight people that have written a review? I and know, as people write reviews, this is how they'll find us. Um, and we really rely on your word of mouth. So please, please Por tell favor, a friend. Write something nice. And also coach them on how to find a podcast because I think I've, I've, I've uncovered that people just don't know how yeah. to play podcasts. But once they hear us, they love us. So uh, thank you to all our fans. Um, and and also we want to thank our awesome sponsor I love micheladas. Oh yes, we had oh, a bunch of those today. Yes, we've I had love micheladas. Ton. Oh, you know what we didn't tell our people? What? We didn't tell them how our uh, event with Bao went. Oh, with well. the I love michelada combi. How yes. was that? That combi was awesome. That combi was really really cool. Um, Jeff was in there mixing on the ones and twos and it was really, really cool. So thank you. I love Michelada because I was already in love and now I'm like falling in love even more. Yeah, that was our first event. We raised some money for our friend that's running for Congress. Um, by the time this airs, we'll know one way or the other if he, if he won the primary. Uh, a lot of, uh, we can honestly, we can say without a doubt that he tried his absolute hardest. We were so many of us that were able to elevate the, his positions. And so I'm extremely proud of my friend Bao and our, our friend yes. Bao. 
And so, anyways, thank you everybody for listening. Gracias. And hasta luego. Uh, pon tu suéter. Nos vemos en el suéter. Cuando mi arrendador dijo que el alquiler podría ser más barato si fuéramos amigos con beneficios. Había oído hablar de acoso sexual en el lugar de trabajo, pero en mi casa. Eso es discriminación en la vivienda basada en el sexo. La gente de bienes raíces dijo que estaríamos más cómodos viviendo en un vecindario diferente con gente como nosotros. Por suerte conocíamos nuestros derechos. Es ilegal asustar a los posibles propietarios para que se alejen de ciertos vecindarios en función de raza o nacionalidad. Si usted cree que sufrió discriminación o tiene preguntas sobre sus derechos, comuníquese con Fair Housing Foundation, Fundación de Vivienda Justa, al 800-446-3247 o también en línea en fhfca.org. La vivienda justa es su derecho. Este es un anuncio de servicio público de Fair Housing Foundation y respaldado por el Departamento de Vivienda y Desarrollo Urbano HUD bajo la subvención de FIPPI, FPEI, 220099